My name is Carl Anthony, and I work in the automotive industry in Detroit. Sometimes that work encompasses future vehicle technology, and that's what we talk about here, for the most part anyway. This is AutoVision News Radio. In early February of 1993, my parents gifted me a small Barnes & Noble Webster's Concise English Dictionary. To this day, that handheld blue dictionary sits on my desk and I still use it. Yeah, probably easier to look things up online, but I have a sentimental attachment to this non-electronic dictionary and even more so now that I have set sail in the waters of middle age. On page 164 is the word experience, defined as wisdom gained by living through various situations. And on page 257, journey, defined as a long distance traveled. These were the words that kept coming to mind as I drove back from the KPIT office in Novi, Michigan, after spending the morning with Jada Pandit. Experience in that Jada has many, including a gift from her father that still resonates with her today, much like my blue Barnes & Noble Webster's Concise English Dictionary does for me, and journey, in the sense that she has traveled and continues to travel, all different types of roads to live up to the special meaning behind the name her father gave her. By way of introduction, Jada Pandit is the head of marketing, branding, and thought leadership initiatives at KPIT Americas, accumulating a wealth of experience across multiple industries, domains, and geographies over the last 20 years. She held crucial roles at the International Telecommunication Union in Geneva, Switzerland, and Thompson Multimedia in France before joining her family business, Singania Batteries, in Pune, India. Singania Batteries has developed unique technology and patented innovations that Jada was directly involved with. She joined KPIT Technologies in 2004 and has worked in the United States and India, managing clients within the automotive and information technology businesses. In January 2021, Forbes India acknowledged her work on the KPIT ventilator, a portable unit that could be used by medical facilities and ambulance personnel as well as home care. Although it was engineered with the COVID-19 pandemic in mind, the KPIT ventilator has many applications within the medical community. As both an engineer and a marketer, Jada is keen to share her knowledge by leading the Women in Mobility initiative at KPIT. Women in Mobility unites leaders from around the world to voice the changes needed on an individual and societal level to achieve greater equity and diversity within the automotive and adjacent industries. I'm pleased to replay our conversation now from the KPIT Technologies office in Novi, Michigan. Jada shares her career journey, memories with her father that shaped who she is today, and how we can advocate for the women next to us. This is AutoVision News Radio with Carl Anthony in Detroit, Michigan. As KPIT, we have been in America for more than 20 years, but it's wonderful now to be in the heart and hub of all the action, especially the way things have gone in the last 20 years and where we stand as a company today to be able to contribute even better. In a KPIT, if you go back actually to when it started as a group, KP group, you know, it started as a chartered accountancy firm. That background of very strong financial base is what the entire today stands on. A point after that, we saw it ventured into IT and it was KPIT focused on 
both IT side as well as the engineering side. About four years back, is for five years back now, is when we went through the merger demerger, and is as a very conscious call taken by the management uh, to say we want to completely focus on engineering, mobility, automotive side of things, and not be part of the IT side any longer. I think a very brave decision that was taken, one of its kind, if we see in the industry, and perfect timing looking at where the automotive industry stands today. As a company, we've said this time and again that uh, the automotive industry stands at a place where it has not in the last hundred or odd years. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a dynamic space. There is so much going on. We have, we look at the current scenario where software-defined vehicles is at the heart of everybody's portfolio. It's on everybody's mind, every car maker's mind. And here we are in a position where we are not just contributing, but uh, leading the way for most of our trusted partners. We are fortunate to be in a space today after all these years where we share relationship with all our partners for more than 10, 15 years, uh, be it within the fast car side or the commercial vehicle side, all global OEMs that we work with very, very closely. And today um, at the crux of the entire software-defined vehicle journey, turning it into a reality for most, defining and helping and contributing on the success factors to turn making it a reality. Globally, KPIT is more than 12,000 individuals, and every individual, if I may speak for everyone, is truly pecked and so excited about uh, what we can do as individuals and as a company to make a difference to this industry. Sure. Jada, this is going to sound like maybe a really elementary question, but, but just go with it here. The term software-defined cars or connected cars, we see that everywhere. What is a software-defined car? How would, how would we define a software-defined car? What is that? I think the biggest reality that we are looking at, right, and a very valid question, if you look at the journey of transportation since its inception, when cars came to the market, when they started off, it was just a medium of transport sure. for a person to go from point A to point B. Over time, this entity, vehicle, has evolved and evolved how? While it was just meant to be a medium of transport, gradually there were elements that came into it to make sure, considering that a person spends so much time in the vehicle, it can do so much more. And that's when we saw the evolution of connected part coming into it and the autonomous part getting onto it, uh, safety, security, all of that getting added onto it. And so a vehicle um, then turning into more of a connected technology than just being a pure vehicle. Things have moved even further as the industry has gone beyond just transportation to make sure that the experience in the vehicle is so much more richer me is so much more meaningful than what it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If you just look at the number of hours a person today spends in the vehicle, now not just the experience driving, but also the time spent while an electric vehicle is parked and is getting charged. Sure, sure. That's an add-on time. So the whole focus here is um, how can the industry come together, collaborate, and while we see 
that all of this transition of just a vehicle is turning into experience and while we see that software is so much at the core of that entire experience how can we all collaborate to make it even better how can we make it even safer how can we make it even smarter i think there is no part of a vehicle today uh, that does not have new technology yeah you know yeah. with with fewer with ai with the engine side with the design side with the autonomous side there is no section of a vehicle today that stays untouched with upcoming technology uh, i think how we bring it together and how we integrate it seamlessly is going to be the key we have an overview of kpit a, a good definition of a of a software defined car now your role jada with kpit yes. Tell us about the work that you do in your role. Very fortunate to have been part of KPIT for the last maybe 19 years now. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, um I've almost, you know, grown up in this section of my career journey with the company. Uh, when I started out, uh, we were not even a 100 million dollar company. Like I said, you know, I have been fortunate to be part of what we had at that time, different uh, line of businesses. right so we had uh, an engineering line of business we had a manufacturing line of business and there was at that time even a section dedicated to finance and i have had uh, the opportunity to actually work within every line of business in different kinds of roles so i have had customer facing roles when uh, there were few accounts that we were looking at new accounts that we wanted to new clients we wanted to work with a lot of our role Uh, as a marketer within a technology company cuts horizontally okay you know, so we uh, get to contribute on the client side uh, we get to contribute on our talent side we get to contribute as a brand to have the uh, the opportunity and be the true ambassador of brand kpit what is it that we want to be known for and then to be sure that that's the right face of it that goes outside it is very interesting when yesterday we were at michigan state university and talking to the students sure, and sure. Uh, one of um, the girls there was talking about what they see in while they drive their cars around in terms of the dashboard and the connection there and you know the connectivity that it holds and the kind of interaction that is done and uh, she got back and said oh i never realized that there would be uh, somebody called kpit was actually behind all that were collaborating with the logo that's on the car that is interesting i think that's cool because we do not think about what goes behind the scene yeah yeah what is invariably taken is what is flashed when you get into the car you turn on the engine yes it's moving there's some interaction it's doing some things for you nobody tends to pay attention is how many lines of code actually went behind doing that yeah how many teams across the globe came together to actually do that and that even as a marketer today gives me an opportunity and all our team members around the globe an opportunity to bring that to the world and say this is what it means to be a technology company this is what it means to be part of this technology ecosystem and this is the kind of impact you can drive jada for you this all starts years ago with your father yeah and i know that he is a huge influence in your life tell us about your father take us back to those early years 
I could talk about this all day. <laughs> Maybe let me go back to to the day I was born. Okay. Maybe let me go back to that space. Okay. You know, so um I don't know Carl how much you know about uh, you know the way a uh, last generation it was perceived to have a daughter in India. Sure. It was uh, not taken as positively back then. And this was my father who had just fresh out of his engineering college a very very good engineering student uh, technically very strong had started his own business and had started manufacturing equipment companies and workshops and this was right in the heart of what we call MIDC which is Maharashtra Industrial Development Corporation so that's an industrial belt in the heart of India west towards the central west of india that's where it is um this is a small city called pune not that small but maybe i should say it's the right size considering where it is today sure, sure. Uh, not too large and yet has the little town vibe and warmth to it back then he had started his companies he had a daughter who who was born first the first baby in the whole family so was of course uh, welcomed Uh, by everyone with a lot of joy brought a lot of joy sure. and though there was that little hint of ah oh, would have been nice to have a son <laughs> uh and then he had a second daughter 3 yeah. years down the line again joy but with it also came this bit of ah oh, would have really been nice be nice to have a son because who is going to be on the floor with all the manufacturing work and who would take it forward and who would be the next engineer and who would take the legacy forward so with all those questions raised 3 years down the line and a third daughter is born <laughs> uh, <laughs> i see a pattern <laughs> i see a pattern and the pattern was not appreciated as well by the society so that third daughter is me and the day i was born because i was a girl uh there was nobody who came to actually even meet my mother in the hospital for almost 10 days really yes there was a lining of bitterness within the whole community around saying oh would have been really nice to have a son at least now to take it all forward right now while this was going on in uh, the hospital on the other side at MIDC where all the factories were there was a strike a union strike that was going on for quite a while and it was almost a year that the entire region was grappling with uh, so the night uh, before i was born Uh, my dad actually got everybody you know said you know we are going to go down and speak to them one final time sure. um and he went there and he spent some time with them over the uh, next few hours and we'll come to actually how he's addressed these situations even later uh, i had great learning from that but with all of that the issue which was not getting sorted for almost a year got resolved and everybody was back to work what that meant was the families of everybody who was back to work also started getting fed you know so it was not just about the job getting done but it was also everybody who finally saw that light saw that light of joy uh so when my dad came to see me and uh, when he saw that everybody was felt a little unhappy about not having a son you know how it is in india where you actually name the child you know right not right away like it is here but after a while right and nobody was as interested to give me a name and my dad picked me up and said her name is jayada the one who has so much of success jay that she gives it in charity dan so the word da comes from the word dan 
which is charity. So I think he gave, uh, you know, people thought he gave me a name. But honestly, Carl, I think that is where my journey of giving that name and identity began. Right, uh, right. I think the ability to uh, have so much success and joy that you just give it out in charity. Right, right. Through him is where I have learned the power of parenting. I don't think we all realize the kind of power parenting holds. Not by not through words, but just through action. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were so many instances beyond uh, that actually truly shaped my thoughts and who I uh, was or am as a daughter, and also who I am as a parent and who I am as a professional right. in every field of it. You know, I recall most of my childhood was on his factory shop floor. You know, so I spent my evenings after school mostly making a dash to the factories and just being around him and sure. being around the machines and being around what was being done, especially the weekends. And I so clearly recall a couple of instances, very difficult instances at that time. Maybe around the time I was 10, this was a factory uh, where you had a lot of machinery and equipment. Sure, uh, sure. And in spite of all safety being taken, there were instances that happened because not everybody was as careful and as cautious. We had uh, one of our uh, employees working on the shop floor who went to an area which was clearly marked off limits and unsafe and he happened to fall down. Now, this was at a moment where uh, there was a delivery of that machine that was to happen on the same evening. We had uh, the customers waiting and here we had a massive accident. The fear that we saw in everybody who was around, right, the rest of the team was more of, is the blame going to be coming on the, on the logo, on the company? Right. Yeah. But I recall the first thing my father did at that time was picked up the person, uh, while of course the authorities were called, put him into the vehicle, in his old vehicle, and drove him straight to the hospital saying, number one, what is crucial is the employee safety. Nothing before that. Right. I think that caused the, the employee was fine later, the family was fine later, and things went fine. But I think these kind of defining moments, right, I think made a lot of difference. On another instance, I was, I was in his, in his uh, room, you know, with I remember his office, with a large office, corner office, and his really nice cushion chair. Sure, and sure. for a little girl running around there, that cushion chair of the head of the company seemed uh, so attractive <laughs> and so so much fun to sit on and swivel around. Um, and I remember when I joined him there, uh, you know, on one of these days, I said, oh, the chair is so much fun. Can I sit on it? And uh, he smiled and he said to me, are you ready for it? Yeah. yeah. I think till date, till date, when I look at a chair, I think the question I ask myself is, am I ready for it? Yeah. Because it... The chair means so much more than the cushion that, is ha that it has and the leather that it holds. Yeah. It means responsibility. Yeah. It means ownership of your decisions as you sit on it. It means having the capacity to and the courage to face whatever your, uh, you as a person on the chair needs to face. So the question is not just, is the chair mine? The question is, am I the one who should be on it? Using that chair visual, there's a, a lot of women, our friends, our colleagues that have imposter syndrome when they get to that chair and they feel like they don't deserve it or they haven't earned it or they're not qualified. How do they get around that? How do they avoid that? 
how do they push back against that voice of imposter syndrome? I think the best lesson there is to not question it. Nothing can speak louder than your actions. I see a lot of, and, and you're absolutely right when uh, the questioning happens. You know, I see a lot of my colleagues, I see a lot of my friends out there who, uh, especially women, who first question why a particular opportunity is not given to them. Once the opportunity is given, they question what was the reasoning behind giving me this opportunity. Was it because there is a mandate of DEI? Is it a mandate of numbers to have women on the team? Or was it really given because I am capable of holding the role? So the first half of the journey has gone into why is nobody giving me an opportunity? And now that the opportunity is given, then uh, you kick off the journey by questioning, should I be getting this opportunity? I think in the first half of the journey, nobody needs to wait for an opportunity to be given. If an opportunity is given, great. If it is not given, I think we hold the capacity to create those opportunities in every way that we can, in every situation that we are in, in every scenario that we are in. And once the opportunity is given over a time, I think it is for us to prove. The best way to silent that murmur is to have your success be louder. And that is what I think all of us need to do. Your Women in Mobility Initiative. Tell us about that, Jada, because this fits the theme that we're talking about here. Tell us about this initiative that you have for women in automotive and, and in tech fields. You know, honestly, it was a very organic, heartfelt action that just happened. After having been in the industry and after having had the opportunity to be in different geographies, be in different, you know, I grew up on the shop floor. I studied engineering in India. I had the opportunity to study masters in France, which was a combination of electronics and telecom and entrepreneurial management. I worked in Europe for a while and then I moved back to India and then got the opportunity of being part of KPIT and then got again this entire different spectrum of roles that I could be part of. And I think that pushed me to realize that you do not have to wait to get something. It's in your hands. The drive has to be from within. Why not get behind the steering wheel and steer everybody to the right destination? If you know what the goal is, you do not have to wait. So women in mobility, you know, this was started, initiated about, uh, we're into edition four this time, so four years back, uh, when I realized that it's not, it's not just about, you know, men versus women. It is about uh, a mindset change that is needed across the board within men and women. It is both. It is both as a team. And then now considering that, you know, we are, at least I am, and so many women around me are in a position after so many years in the field of technology, what is it that we can do as individuals, as a company, and as an industry to equip other women to be able to make that jump from want to do it to doing it? Sure, sure. And that is when I said, you know, it's important that we all come together and what better place 
than KPIT to be able to partner with and collaborate with so many of our partners and our alliances and bring everybody together. There are great women doing great work, having spanned great journeys. And that's when we said, let's get all of the women leaders who have done such great work and who are doing such great work together to just share their learnings and lessons as a first step, to share their stories. It's not been an easy ride for anybody. Not everybody comes from a background where you have a very supporting environment at home. Not everybody comes from a background where education is prioritized over marriage. No, not everybody has that luxury to choose education over anything else. Not everybody has the luxury to choose uh, experience and enriching experiences over other commitments. Not everybody has the luxury of having uh, great managers to work with. Not everybody has the luxury of having great mentors who put you and your growth ahead of anything else. So while we know what are the lessons and learnings under these scenarios, where sometimes you fall in the bracket of the haves and sometimes you fall in the bracket of have-nots, can we bring all of this, these learnings and lessons to a larger audience and show that barriers are to be broken? The first event that you had, yeah, it was such a success and you had so many emails that you ended up staying all night, you ended up staying up all night to get back to all the emails. Take us back to that first event and, and responding to those emails. What, what was that like? You know, everybody keeps talking about having a lot of passion for something. Everybody keeps talking about having a purpose in life. Sure. Right. I think that moment, that night was when I saw a blend of passion and purpose come together. Sure. Now, we had had that first, uh, the first time we did Women in Mobility, and this was during COVID. It was a virtual event. We had leaders joining from all over the globe. Fantastic women leaders sharing their stories. Uh, we had an audience and Maya had expected, um, you know, like there are so many events. There are so many virtual events out there. Yeah. Everybody does a webinar. Everybody does something. And I thought maybe, you know, this is going to be another one. Let's put in an attempt and we'll see how it goes. But what was very overwhelming was to, you know, like we said, receive more than 300 emails that night. A yeah. majority of them from women who said, um, this was a transformational moment for me. Yeah. What was even more touching was the men who wrote and sure. said, I looked at it from a perspective of what can I do as a brother, as a husband, yes. as a team leader, to, make, to keep this somewhere at the back of my mind, yeah. that truly a trajectory of a woman's career in technology is different from that of a man. You know, we are in the same industry. We are in the same conference rooms and in the same boardrooms. But what is happening behind those screens is different. Yeah, yeah. And so as a team member, can I be conscious of how that journey is going to be different and yet be extremely supportive of the whole piece? The next part of this journey for women in mobility is a mentorship program yes. that you've started to work on. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. Very, very delighted to actually come up with the mentorship program and launch the mentorship program this year. What we realized is it does not suffice to put problems on the table. It does not suffice to just suggest solutions to these problems. But what is going to be equally important is to actually action 
as a next step. And the mentorship program is actually part of that action. Now that we have talked about awareness, now that we have thrown light to the problem statements, now that we have collaboratively suggested things that uh, we can do as individuals, as a company, as an industry, uh, can we now actually define a framework and take very structured actions uh, to make sure that we actually see impact on the ground? So this mentorship program, uh, for the first time, is meant to bring together uh, a cohort of mentees and the team of mentors who would be from different uh, fields. So there would be a leader from the business side, a leader from the technology side, a leader who is a CFO from the finance side, leader from the marketing side, leader from the HR side. Everybody who bring in a different perspective and a rich experience of 15, 20 years of having been in the industry and having done that journey of growth to then equip each of these mentees with the key learnings. The whole idea here is, can we really look at a very holistic program uh, that will equip the, a woman who is starting out on this journey and have uh, a 360 degrees insight into how the whole industry works? Sure. Now, I might be starting out as an engineer, but it would be great to know what a leader in HR seeks. It would be great to know um, what a leader in marketing thinks about. Irrespective of what I do, I could be sitting in front of my screen and coding. Can I put a larger impact to the code that I am putting in there? Can I suggest the way we say to the university students whom we speak to, right? At the end of the day, from your work, you should be able to go back home and be able to define what is the impact that your nine hours at work made in this world. Right, right. If I have spent my nine hours today uh, sitting in front of a screen and uh, coding X number of lines, where did those lines go when it came to awaken? Sure. sure. You know, are they making a difference on the powertrain side of it? Are they making a difference on you know, the connectivity side of it? Are they making a difference on the gaming console part of it? Are they making a difference on the sustainability side of it? Where did my nine hours make an impact? And what can I do as an individual today to make a larger impact? We've used the term journey, and, and I think that's so fitting here, Jada. From your journey, your journey now, you're in this marketing role now with KPIT, but you have an engineering background, but that stems from what your father taught you on the manufacturing floor. How has all of that helped you be successful today from the early years of your father to studying engineering? How has that helped you and prepared you for all the stuff you're doing with KPIT and, and everything you're doing with women and mobility? How, how has that shaped you into the person you are? I think number one, you know, like you rightly said, the power of parenting. Uh, there's a poem by uh, the poet Khalil Gibran. Uh, if you've heard, and you know, which says that um, children come through you, but uh, they do not belong to you, which is very true. Uh, if I may have the audacity to add to it, I would say yes, they come through you, they do not belong to you, but what they become tomorrow is really so much up to you. You know, I think uh, a large part of what we are going to see in the generation of tomorrow 
lies uh, in the hands of adults of today. Yeah. So much of who I am today and what I have learned is thanks to the kind of parenting that I have had from both my mother and father, more so on the work side from my father. Equally from my mother, I would say, and maybe another day we can talk about that. But, you know, uh, definitely just walking the talk. Yeah. You know, uh, I think children do not, uh, and I can say this today while I raise my two sons, I do not think we need to teach children by talking. I think we need to teach children by doing. What I have learned is from what I have seen, you know, completely. Also, the kind of uh, decisions that he made when it came to uh, having a girl child, but yet not necessarily raising her in the conventional girl child manner. Right, right. You know, I do not recall my father buying me just dolls and gifts. Yeah. I think one of the first gifts he gave me, and I have kept it very, very safe even today and hoping to pass it on to my sons one day, is this Concorde airplane that he picked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Concorde. Oh. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> and, and I remember he, when, he, uh, you know, when he used to travel and he was back from work and uh, it was my birthday after a couple of days and all girls around me invariably received dolls and I was this outlier who very proudly flaunted her aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> but what he gave in my hands that day might have seemed like a plane, but truly was a dream. Yeah, yeah. A dream and with the confidence that the field of technology is also meant for good, is also meant for women. With all of that being said, everything we've talked about, Jada, and I've so, I've so enjoyed this. I've so enjoyed hearing your journey and, and, and learning about your father. I, I wish I could, could have met him and had a cup of coffee with him. <laughs> For all of this that we've talked about, what is the legacy that you would like to leave at the end of your career? I think two parts to this. The legacy that I would like to leave at the end of my career and at the end of life. Yeah. If I pause and I ask myself, what's the impact of the nine hours that I put in or the umpteen hours that I put in? I would like to pause at the end of my career and ask myself, what's the impact? my career has made uh, to the company, to the industry, and of course, towards a better world tomorrow. Sure. I think that answer is going to hold a key to how defining the journey was. As an individual, I think the biggest goal that I would look at the end of my life is to die empty. And let me tell you how. Okay, yeah. One of the things, you know, that I have learned is you do not need to wait to give you do not need to get to give i think we can all give as individuals as professionals as children as parents as students as mothers as colleagues as friends as women in technology i think we can all just give so i hope that when i get to that sunset moment of life i can look back true to my name if I could have given, just done enough of charity in terms of experiences, in terms of knowledge, in terms of inspiration, in terms of just the number of lives I could have touched and I would have given that I can just die. I think that will make that sunset worth it. For more information on KPIT and the Women in Mobility Initiative, see the links in the show notes. 
AutoVision News Radio is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and more. In Novi, Michigan, alongside Jada Pandit, I'm Carl Anthony, AutoVision News Radio.